Welcome to the Mindful Movement for Parkinson's podcast and audio library. In this installment of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about the connection between meditation and Parkinson's disease. I put some guided meditations on this podcast that are available in the audio library, and some people might have the question, well, what's the connection? What does meditation have to do with Parkinson's disease? Uh, a couple of months ago, I was at a support group in Denver, a Parkinson's support group, where I had taught Feldenkrais uh, movement lessons previously, and they had asked me to come back and to teach about meditation. I uh, did so, we did a guided meditation, and I talked about mindfulness, and at one point, one of the participants in the support group said to me, isn't it a little bit sadistic to teach uh, meditation to people with Parkinson's disease uh, since they're not able to hold still? And I thought that was a pretty good point. Um, so that's the first thing I'll address in terms of meditation and Parkinson's disease. Meditation, of course, is often done in stillness. Uh, in some schools of meditation, like in Zen Buddhism, which is where I have my, most of my training in meditation, you're supposed to hold pretty still, and uh, sometimes for quite a long period of time, and that's uh, a big physical challenge for anyone. Of course, for someone with Parkinson's disease who has a tremor or might be dealing with um, rigidity, dystonia, or any number of symptoms, um, it, it might be impossible to hold still. The concept I would like to introduce, then, is relative stillness. So if you're someone with Parkinson's who would like to uh, develop a meditation practice, uh, the, there's no need to hold absolute stillness as the goal. What you're looking for is relative stillness. So a quieting of particularly the mind, uh, but a quieting and stillness of the mind and body. And then if there's some tremor happening, if you need to shift a little bit from time to time to feel comfortable, if you need to get up and walk and turn it into a walking meditation, those are all still uh, valuable practices and um, that shouldn't be a reason to not pursue meditation if it's something that you'd like to do. So then what, what is the connection though for someone who maybe um, doesn't have a meditation practice but has heard about meditation and Parkinson's? Why is that a worthwhile part of um, a Parkinson's um, treatment regimen or practice regimen? Uh, the first answer that I would give to that question it actually would apply to anyone, and it is that meditation has been shown to have uh, really powerful health benefits. So studies on uh, meditation, scientific studies on meditation, show that uh, for many practitioners, it lowers blood pressure. It causes uh, healthy regulation of breathing cycles. It can um, soothe and balance uh, brainwave activity. So th these are technical ways of talking about it, but more anecdotally, if you talk to people who have meditation practice, they'll often say things like, that they feel more present in the present moment, that they're able to relax more quickly, that it has improved uh, their sleep rhythm, um, that they're able to focus their attention more readily, 
or that they experience simply a, a greater sense of ease and well-being in their daily life. Um, this is the case in my own life. I've been meditating um, for about 12 or 13 years, and it's not always the case, and it's certainly true that I still have uh, uh, turbulence and uh, emotional upset and all kinds of problems in my own life. But overall, the trajectory with meditation has been one of uh, health, of better regulation, and of a greater sense of joy and well-being in my life. So then what about uh, benefits that are particular to Parkinson's disease? Um, what can we say about meditation to recommend it, particularly for people uh, with Parkinson's disease or maybe other movement disorders? In that regard, um, I would point to this concept of neuroplasticity. So we know in Parkinson's disease that part of the nervous system is undergoing progressive degradation. The substantia nigra, uh, part of the brain of the basal ganglia, is um, uh, having damage, and it's not producing the level of dopamine um, necessary for normal movement function. Uh, in recent decades, uh, more and more scientific studies have shown that when one part of the brain and nervous system is damaged, um, the brain can actually reroute the functions into other parts of itself. It may be um, awkward at first, and it may take a long time, but the brain is plastic enough to transfer functions from one area of itself to another. Um, part of what is happening in meditation is exactly this. It is the reordering of brain activity through um, the application of attention to areas where it has not been placed before. So in meditation, we might be placing our attention on the breath, or on different parts of the body, or on a mantra, or on any number of things. And this is a non-habitual way of using attention that has actual measurable effects in the brain. So for instance, when scientists have studied uh, meditators by actually uh, measuring the electrical activity of their brain while they're meditating, they can see that that activity changes uh, when they start meditating. And it can, uh, for advanced meditators, they can actually change the activity of their brain uh, while they're meditating by taking up different uh, focuses. So I would not go so far as to say uh, that I or anyone could teach or recommend a specific meditation and say it will have such and such effects on someone's brain and neuroplasticity. But I do think that meditation is the right ballpark, uh, that by uh, calming um, the body and then experimenting with the placement of attention over time in this way, um, you are experimenting with applied neuroplasticity. You are helping yourself to um, rewire your brain in ways that are potentially beneficial and uh, pretty unlikely to have uh, strong negative side effects. The last thing that I want to say in this discussion of Parkinson's and meditation 
is that meditation is a, a long-term practice. So it's um, something that works uh, better if you stick to it consistently over time. For that same reason, I would not recommend, uh, it, say, if you've never meditated or only meditated intermittently, I wouldn't recommend starting with an hour a day. I would start with five minutes a day and work your way up to 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and maybe slowly make your way up to the amount that you'd like to do, uh, maybe 30 or 45 minutes. <clears throat> or you might work your way up to meditating uh, for 45 minutes or an hour or three times a week. Um, it's good to build a dependable long-term practice, but to do it in a way that is uh, sustainable for you and where you don't take on too much at once. What I have found and what most people find is that the enjoyment of meditation and the apparent benefits of it are clear enough that if you build it in that kind of uh, slow and sustainable way, it will take on its own momentum and it will go from being something that you feel like you should do to something that you, you want to do. Uh, in my own meditation practice, being part of a group was also a very big help in that process. Um, it just prevented me from relying on um, excuses or from um, having trouble with discipline when I felt like I've agreed to go to this group and so I'll just um, show up and do, do the meditation there. If you have any questions about uh, meditation practice for Parkinson's disease, uh, please feel free to contact me and uh, I'd be happy to discuss it with you. Thanks very much.